Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is John 15. Well, I'm recording this podcast from Boise, Idaho. And just a friendly reminder to those of you listening to this podcast from outside the Treasure Valley, there is no Z in Boise. Uh, So just remember as you pronounce that, but one of the nicknames for Boise is the City of Trees. And where does that come from? Well, the the name Boise actually comes from uh, the French word le bois, right? Which is the trees or the forest. And as you research the history, one of the ideas for where that came from, if you are driving here from like Salt Lake City and you're coming up Interstate 84, it is a pretty barren drive through most of Idaho. But once you get into the Treasure Valley, you're going to see trees. And so the idea is these early French explorers came into uh, this valley and cried, Le Bois, Le Bois, because they saw the trees. Now, why is that? Why are there trees here and not other places? Well, that's because the Boise River runs right through this valley. And even one of the reasons why this valley became a good place to settle and to farm is because from that river, you could get irrigation. And so there is a system of canals all through this valley, channeling the water, which really becomes the lifeblood of uh, the the agriculture in this valley. And what you see in all of that is a picture of That's similar to what we see in John 15. John 15, Jesus uses the illustration of the vine and the branches and how uh, the only way for uh, these branches to produce fruit is their connection to the vine. And that makes me think of the Treasure Valley where it's why, why is there fruit? here? Why are there trees here? Why is there good farmland here? Well, because there is a connection to that water source of the Boise River. And so what we want to think about as we read this chapter is we need to remember uh, fruitfulness will only come through connection to Christ. So let's let's dig the canals. Let's open the canals. Let, let's, uh, let's make sure every avenue possible of connection to Christ is is open because that is where the real fruitfulness is going to come from. And that's the illustration we see here at the beginning of the chapter. And now there's a couple things I think we should note. One, we need to be clear about the danger of unfruitfulness. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. And that's what we see a little that expands on what we see in verse two, where every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And that's where if you connect that imagery, even with other biblical images. Think of the parable of the sower, right? Not all the soil is good soil. And even in the gospel of John, we have seen there is clearly a type of belief that is um, good, a type of belief that is saving and true. And there is a type of belief that is clearly superficial. 
and does not lead to salvation. And I think we need to heed that warning here. And again, I'm bringing that up because I find that to be one of the biggest misconceptions about Christianity in our culture here in the United States of America. People seem to have a category for a fruitless Christian. And I'm just trying to say once again, I don't find that category in the scriptures. Faith without works is dead. We will see later in James. So that's one thing I think we should see there. But the other thing that we should see is our goal as Christians should be we want to bear a lot of fruit. And you see that there even in the last verse of kind of that initial uh, section and illustration in verse eight, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So we need to beware of fruitlessness, but our heart's cry, our desire should be fruitfulness to glorify God by bearing much fruit. Okay. How do I do that? Well, that's the the point of the beginning is it's not ultimately something you do. It's something that Christ does through you. Uh, So what you need to do is abide in Christ. Let's just look at that a little bit more. Um, Again, we'll just read those first eight verses. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So there you even see the command abide in Christ. And you're told apart from Christ, you can do nothing. So that kind of begs the question, okay, what do I do then? You're telling me I can't do anything without Christ. So it's not just about my actions or effort. What do I do? Well, abide in Christ is what you do. Well, what does that look like? And that's where I think verse seven is very helpful on that front where it talks about if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So there we see two key elements of uh, abiding in Christ. And this is where I think of the treasure valley and those canals, like the canals that we need to dig to let the the water from the river flow on to to our lives are really the word and prayer. Uh, and, And notice even the goal here, my words abide in you. Abide is the idea of, of living, dwelling, remaining, right? Um, that's where if if this podcast is the limit of your Bible intake, to be frank, I don't really think the word is abiding in you. Uh, 
We should be seeking to read the word, study the word, meditate upon the word, memorize the word. These are the things we should be longing for because we realize this is the lifeblood that I need. I need these things. Um, And then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Again, I've tried to highlight this as we've looked at these passages. Notice the connection there. My word abiding in you is then what is what proceeds. Ask whatever you wish. So there should be a connection, I would argue, between the word abiding in us and our asking. We're not just asking necessarily for, you know, whatever we want as if we take that, well, whatever you wish, I'm just going to throw all my dreams out to the wall and see what sticks. No, what I wish should be shaped by the word abiding in me. Another aspect of abiding in him that we see in this is keeping his commandments. And notice how keeping his commandments is connected to love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. The idea there is not, if you're a good boy, then I'll love you. No, the idea is keeping his commandments is abiding in his love. And look at Jesus. That that is how he remained obedient because nothing in the world was as precious to him as the love of his father. And so he didn't want to ever stray from that love through disobedience. He abided in the love of God. We need to abide in the love of God by obeying his commandments, knowing that his commandments are a loving gift of God for our good. And that's how we're going to abide in his love. And notice the fruit of this will be joy and not just any joy. Verse 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. It's his joy and it's full joy. So we need to abide in Christ. If our lives are going to be fruitful, well, then we need the canals carrying the water from the river of Christ into the soil of our lives so that they can bear fruit. And practically, that's going to look like things like having his word abide in us, being faithful in prayer, and being faithful in obedience, and even seeing obedience as abiding in his love. Obedience is not a burden. It is the blessing of abiding in his love. Now, as we get towards the end of the chapter. We won't spend as much time on this because we'll pick it up in chapter 16. But now we start to see two themes emerge. And he's going to pick up on both of these themes again in chapter 16. But it is the hatred of the world and the opposition of the world. But then again, we saw this in chapter 14, but again, the gift of the spirit. So he talks about the world hating them and and he makes it clear they're going to hate you because they hate me. And their hatred of me doesn't make sense. Um, They shouldn't hate me, but they do. And therefore they will hate you, right? He quotes in verse 25, they hated me without a cause. So they're going to hate you too. Uh, But the helper, he is going to come and it says he will, it calls him the spirit of truth and he will bear witness about me. Now, both that opposition and the role of the spirit, we're going to see more about that in chapter 16. But today, uh, let's let the focus be abiding in Christ. And again, think of that picture of the grape and the the branches and the vine, or think of that, the river and the canals making the treasure valley a fruitful place. Are you letting Christ abide in you through the word, through prayer, uh, and, and through obedience? And in one way, as we close 
close, just to tie all those things together, all of those things really express an attitude of dependence. Is that your heart? That you wake up every day and you realize, I can't do this without Christ. And so I have to abide in Him, in His Word, in prayer, and in obedience, because I need Him. Because I know without Him, I can do nothing. And so even in your temptations today, in your trials today, see how they're all going to test your dependence. Are you going to depend on God in that temptation and trust his word? When the unexpected trial comes up, are you going to let that push you to the word and prayer? Or are you going to let it push you towards anger or anxiety? If you really think about dependence, so much of your Christian life is going to boil down to, am I depending on God or not? I pray that we would depend on him, that we would abide in him, and that we would glorify him by bearing much fruit. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.